So 1 Peter is often said to be about our, our identity in Christ as Christians. Uh, two weeks ago, I spoke about where we find our home. And obviously that should, as Christians, be with Christ in heaven. To see this earth uh, as, yeah, as wonderful as God has provided us with many things, uh, everything uh, yeah, fades away. We talked about gold, even gold uh, fades away. Last week, uh, Pastor Craig talked about our duty to be holy because God is holy and a little of what that means and how to go about that. Often, uh, we, when I... Uh, in school, when I go through um, the reports of students, uh, I try and get them to set their own targets. In fact, often I, I would like to, to see, see them set their own targets. It's a very good thing for, for students to do. Teenagers are generally very bad at knowing how to set you know, sensible targets. Uh, the, I, I've gone through countless uh, reflections and I've seen target work harder. Well, that doesn't really mean anything uh, to just work harder. It's not a target. It's not something that is actionable. It's not, there are no concrete steps there, nothing to measure any gain. So I often uh, change it and rework it. If it's maths, it might be to spend the first night of, uh, so the first part of the next homework night to be reviewing uh, your, your maths, your last maths homework and learning from your mistakes. If it's French or a language, it might be to learn a new word every day, maybe take a sticky note. Um, and if you guys see my wall, you can see lots and lots of sticky notes on my wall of things, reminders, but uh, maybe if you're learning a new language, put a new you know, word on the wall every day with the meaning, so that every time you pass it, every time you look up at it, you repeat it, um, and, and that, that way it gets into your head. Be holy is not really a target, is it? It needs some measurable improvements. And we see this in the rest of 1 Peter. Peter fleshes this out. But it's also dangerous, I think, as Christians, those of you who, who know your Bible, it's also dangerous to see being holy as a target and something to achieve, as if it's something that we can somehow gain our salvation. Being holy is also a state of being. It's also about recognizing what God has done for us. So it would be like, be a member of IBCBI. Part of it is just, you are. You are already members. So be a member. Part of it is active. So this is really what I'm talking about today. The active component of being holy. This is our identity in Christ. It is not only being in that state of being holy, already saved, but it is also then working on that and being part of God's church. So how does this relate to today's passage well let's read it and, and find out so let's uh see whether i can share this so chapter one we are reading from verse 22 
having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. But this word is the good news that was preached to you. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk. <coughs> that by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourself, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a royal uh, a ho holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture. Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe those who do not. Uh, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood a holy, holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his mar marvelous light. Once you who were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Let me pray. Father, we thank you that you have given us mercy. Mercy that we do not deserve. And given us that promised place in heaven. That you chose us before the beginning of time. That you know us. And that you have brought us into your family. Lord, help us to be holy, to be witnesses of you, to proclaim your good news. To recognize our salvation and claim it to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Okay. So. Um. Sorry, a bit of a sniffle this morning. So there are three main themes in this passage, and I could give a sermon on each of them, but I'll try and summarize them for us. We see it in the, uh, uh, the, the words... Uh, repeated, but also throughout 1 Peter. And if you track through 1 Peter, you can see these three, three, three themes. So in chapter 1, uh, verse 22, again, let's share that. 
Um, chapter 1, verse 22, we see uh, a sincere brotherly love. So we have this idea of family. We see the word newborns in chapter 2, verse 2. Um, and this idea of being born into the family. Uh, the sins quoted in verse 1 here. Uh, deceit, malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. These are not just any sins, any list of sins. These are sins that break down the community. These are all relational sins. So we get this idea of church, the church as a family, which we've seen several times in, in many different places through the Bible. In chapter 2, verse 4 to 8, we see this uh, a very familiar quote to those of us who studied Luke's gospel. It is talking about the temple, but more obviously uh, and more importantly, Christ as the temple, Jesus as the temple of God. He is the capstone. He is the cornerstone. He is the stone that the builders rejected. Um, and you yourself, verse 5, you yourselves are uh, living stones, uh, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house. And finally, the last two verses, we see the proclamation of God's people, the proclamation of God by his people. Now, if we talk about family, the people being God's temple, and the proclamation of God, what else ties these things together except, obviously, uh, the church, the church of God? This is what we're talking about this week. We are talking about our identity as the church of God. We're talking about being holy as the church of God. The idea of family is incredibly important to this, because as we are holy, we are set apart. If we look at, so I'm going to jump to Acts. This is what we're studying in the Bible study, Acts chapter two. I don't think we, I don't think we're here yet. But if we go down to 42, verse 42, let me read that out. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, uh, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And all came upon every soul's, uh, soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed uh, were together and all thing, had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had in need. So that is a very much uh, kind of an image of a family sharing everything, having no possessions of their own. And day by day, verse 46, they were attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes. They received their food and were, were, sorry, their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. You see, the apostles did amazing signs and wonders, but it's more than that, isn't it? In verse 46, 
And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Praising God and having the favor of all people. These people were distinctive. These people were different. And I wonder how often that's said about us as Christians. And that should be a challenge to us. One that I, I keep repeating time and time again. Are we as a church being distinct, distinctive? Are we breaking the bread together, not just in communion, sharing food with glad and generous hearts? Do people meet us and say have just nice things to say about us? Do we have the favor of people? Do people see, do we see the church as our family? Or do we just see it as something that we have a duty to attend every Sunday? With the increasing breakdown of the, the family structure in our culture, we see fragmented families, we see single parents, we see children yeah, who are uh, without parents. This has to be more important, even more important now, doesn't it? People are looking for a place to be got, uh, belong. It's a direct challenge to Christians that cults can lure away Christians. One of the main cult tactics is to surround them with warmth and fellowship, to make them feel so welcome that they'll leave maybe their reason behind, maybe kind of the warning bell sign behind because it's about warmth and fellowship and draw them away from their family and friends. And why else would you go to that if you don't have that support structure elsewhere? So back to the chapter. Chapter 2, verse 2. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk. In the New King James Version, this translates as as newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow. And in other you, uh, translations, you have similar. One thing that the ESV misses here, that this should be uh, wordy milk. So it misses out this, this idea that this milk is the word. It's important that we know the word of God because it feeds us. So it is important that every time we meet, that we open up the Bible. And it's great that we have fellowship groups. It's great that we, that we meet here. But obviously, kind of, if it was just about the fellowship, then, then I wouldn't be giving these sermons. I would be encouraging us to talk to each other. And I really do encourage you, firstly, to talk to each other after the service, but also to join those small groups every week. I'm encouraging you to draw, join those small groups because fellowship is important. But what's more important is that the word of God feeds us and that we grow. And it says here, by it, you may grow up into salvation. Not that we are in danger of losing our salvation or that salvation isn't promised to us, but for example, growing up into our inheritance, growing up ready to take it on and receive it, to understanding what that means. 
Right. Uh, the next section, verse four to eight, talks about the cornerstone, chosen and precious, the stone the builders rejected, the stone of stumbling and the rock of the uh, of offense. Obviously, Jesus needs to be at the center of everything we build. But without the word, how can we know Jesus? How can we know the will of God and this personhood of Jesus without studying the gospel, without studying the epistles which explain about how Jesus is central, just as this uh, passage is saying. You yourselves are like living stones being built up as a spiritual house to be a royal priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, verse 5. You see, this is the very definition of church, isn't it? I've actually lost count of how many weeks it's been since we've met physically. And even when we, you know, I was last in church, that was after a stretch of being online as well. And I'm happy that we are meeting again. I love that we're going to be meeting again. But that's not the church, is it? The room in Book Inda, that is not the church. It's here, isn't it, in this Zoom meeting. As the people who are preaching, that is the church. It's Craig zooming in from the US or Derek preaching from Scotland. It's you guys who are coming in and telling us that your news and asking for prayer. That's church. How can we be holy? We can be a church, a distinctive Christ-centered living church. That is how we can be holy. Finally, verse 9 and 10, we are a royal priesthood. Now, what does that mean? Uh, it's, it mentions earlier that we are a chosen priesthood. Well, a priest in these times was someone who intercesses between God and man. They bridge that gap between God and man. Our high priest, who is Jesus, sits in heaven intercessing for us. But we are here as the chosen priesthood. We are here as the saints, as those who are set apart. It says we are a royal priesthood. So we are in the direct line from Jesus. We are a royal priesthood. And we are here in intercessing for others. We are the holy people. We are God's people. Why? So that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. If the church is not witnessing for God, then we are not doing God's work. And God lays down some pretty severe warnings about those who are not living as his people. I'm always brought to mind the image in Revelation of the warning to the church of Laodicea. You are lukewarm, and so I will spit you out of my mouth. What an image that is. 
If you are lukewarm about Jesus, if you are lukewarm about God, it will be distasteful to him. He will spit you out of his mouth. That is a, another challenge. That is a really difficult challenge. We need to be on fire for God. We need to be proclaiming God. So to summarize, to look back, we as a church are to be a family, well-being, warm, distinctive. We are to desire to learn from the word and to keep that central. We are his temple with Christ at the center. And we are to proclaim God. How are we to be holy? We are to be the church of God. Where is our identity? Our identity is being a part of the church of God. And just to finish, verse 10. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Let me pray. Father, help us to restore and renew and to keep on with our passion for you. I pray that you ignite a fire in us, that you keep this fire alive, that we can't help but to share and proclaim you as the only way to heaven, to salvation, to being part of your family. Lord, we thank you for Jesus and we thank you for your word. And Lord, we pray that we put it uh, at the center of our lives, put it up on that pedestal at the right place in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. Lord, I pray that we can, as a church, be a family, be welcoming, be loving, be caring, be compassionate and considerate. Look out, looking out for one another, praying for one another, longing to meet up, to fellowship, to take joy in one another, but also challenging and correcting one another. Lord, we pray that we can be a family and we pray for uh, when we meet again physically that we can uh, model that and that we can be distinctive to those around that they can ask the question and ask about us so that we can grow in number to your greater glory. In Jesus' name, amen.